Welcome to episode 38 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. So, how's your how's your Saturday going, John? It's going alright, actually. You're a jerk, but, you know... we. What, we... what? Why am I a jerk? <laughs> You're interrupting my wrestling watching. Uh... Like, like professional wrestling? Like, it, it, well, air quotes professional wrestling? Like, the fake stuff? Uh... I'd, I'd, I'd make an argument against that, but it has literally been decided in a court of law that this is fake wrestling. Yes. Which is... Yes, they had to testify in front of Congress about this. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> but yes, I am... Uh, it is the NXT takeover that happens the night before uh, a big... Um, pay-per-view, and I was watching that, and there's, there's literally 20 minutes left to the pay-per-view when Fletcher finally got online, and it's like, alright, ready to record? And these are the sacrifices that I make. You make some tough sacrifices <laughs> not watching professional wrestling for this, but <laughs> as much as it sounds like I'm mocking you, I have said that we need to catch a pay-per-view of this together and stuff. We cause... do. I feel like this actually would have been a good one, too. Ah, oh, man. Like we'll have to we'll have to find one and watch it together because I think that's yeah there's been some sweet shit going on but we we might have to do a bonus episode about wrestling slash MMA slash all this crazy stuff probably combat sports <laughs> at some time probably I I actually have mm-hmm. like I was watching um it's like a documentary series that they started it's called like wrestling twenty four or some shit and it was about this guy named um Finn Balor who's really freaking awesome. Like, I really like watching him wrestle. He's super charismatic. Like, everything about him is just, like, a spectacle, which is Mm -hmm. literally all you watch this shit for, right? And Oh, yeah. (laughs) He was the first ever Universal Champion, which is Mm -hmm. the Raw brand heavyweight title, which is currently held by Brock Lesnar. What's Brock Lesnar know about anything? Yeah, he's not just. Tough. I mean, it's not like he has been like a, a a fake wrestling belt holder and also like an MMA belt holder. Yeah, he's not like you know one of the most freakishly athletic and destructing oh, God. human beings in the world. He's, he's not even a good wrestler, but he's so athletic <laughs> he can he can get a belt in the UFC where you actually fight people. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's just a freak of nature. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, don't let him hear that I said I said he's a bad wrestler because he would whip my ass. He'd probably eat both of us alive, literally. Twice. <laughs> All right, as I was saying, so Finn Balor, it was like a documentary on him about the time that he hurt his shoulder. Because the <laughs> night that he won that title, uh, someone botched a move where they powerbombed him into a barrier that keeps the Ooh. people... Well, he was supposed to get powerbombed into the barrier, but they screwed yeah. it up. Oh yeah, I mean those those things, those moves, regardless of whether the outcome of the match is fake or not, that is very athletic. Yeah. So what happens with a power bomb is you're supposed to land on your shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. He landed on a single shoulder blade, and uh... it literally dislocated his arm. And this is oh my god, this is super early in the match, right? And like he's mm-hmm. like he's talking about how he's like he's sitting there, he's thinking, well. I can sit here and do nothing and wait for the doctors to show up and help me and, you know, be known as the guy who screwed up his one chance. Mm-hmm. Or I can pop my shoulder back into place, get back in that ring, and keep going. And there's actual video proof of him 
popping his goddamn shoulder into place and continuing to wrestle this match. The next night, he had to give up that belt because he wasn't allowed to wrestle because he didn't have medical clearance for over six months. That is how <laughs> bad he screwed up his shoulder, and he and kept just, like, doing it. shit. <laughs> oh, man. Like, we're, ta- like, we're talking like he's literally elbowing this dude, this his opponent, in the head with the shoulder that he hurt. Like, oh, talk about vomiting after popping their shoulder out of socket. This guy just keeps going like a boss. Like, and as I've said, like, yeah, professional wrestling is air quotes fake, as in the outcome is determined and they're not, you know, they're not like really like having a street fight or anything. But man, that shit is hardcore regardless. Like, it requires a ton of athleticism and a ton of like charisma and skill and everything to just pull off those matches and make them look awesome. Yeah, like the sheer, like... If you want to see just, like, a horrifying thing about, like, sports injuries, just, like, look up some of the shit or, like, watch something about the various injuries that professional wrestlers suffer. Oh, man. Like, if, if, if those moves go wrong, like, bad, bad shit will happen. Sometimes if they go right, bad shit still happens. <laughs> that, this is true, like... <laughs> like, oh, sometimes man. just natural wear and tear. Like, one guy, he, like, went to the doctor because his knee was hurting him, and the doctor's like, yeah, you have no cartilage in your knees anymore. <laughs> like, go on. It's hard on guys. <laughs> I mean, you can make money, but it's hard on yeah, you. You can make money. It's very difficult. It's some great shit, though. Uh... <laughs> Okay, so on the topic of professional wrestling, <laughs> today we're going to talk about um, kind of something that's a little off the beaten path of, you know, if you play at only FNMs or, you know, very local events, um, you probably won't encounter some of this, uh, this stuff, but we're going to kind of talk about um, game rule violations um, and sort of the different the different penalties and some of the, the rulesy stuff of um, tournaments here. So, um, and we'll, we'll be pointing out where this applies and where it doesn't apply, which likely most of it's not going to apply in a casual setting, but we want to make people aware of it to kind of show how magic work as a whole. Yeah. Um, I, I originally got the idea for this because um, there was actually a, um, Round 15 disqualification at the Pro Tour, which is very odd to happen. Well, Yeah, this was fascinating when you told me. I was really confused well, about it until you explained it. It wasn't even, like, a big deal wasn't even made out of it, really. But, mm-hmm. like, it involved LSV, which alone was super interesting. And, like, yeah. <laughs> the super weird thing is, like, almost all DQs at the Pro Tour happen in round 15 because that's the round that matters. Mm-hmm. Like, which is just kind of insane. And then, like when I yeah. when I brought it up to you, you pointed out that a guy wrote an article yesterday that was actually talking about like you know warnings and stuff and yada 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 and all that kind of things. Like, because there was this big hubbub on Twitter like a week or two ago about like you know should you call a judge in certain scenarios? Should your opponents get warnings? Yada yada. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of have. I read the article. And mm-hmm. I understand what the guy's coming from, but there's one thing about him that actually really annoys me. And that he mm-hmm. said that he specifically told the judge that 
because he called a judge on his opponent. He specifically told the judge that his opponent should get a warning. And I think that was the one contentious piece about it, the whole article, too. That infuriates me. Yeah. So here's the thing about judges, right? Judges are necessary to make sure that a magic tournament runs smoothly. Yes. Judges are also human beings, and they make mistakes. Yes. In most scenarios, if you're if like a judge calls like a legit important thing, you can appeal to a higher authority, you know, the head judge, to try and get a different ruling. But like, at no point should a player try to directly influence what that judge does or does not do as punishment. Like. All of that is entirely up to the judge, and if you disagree with that judge, then you appeal to another judge, but you should never tell that judge what they should or should not do. Like, that is not something yeah. anyone in that game of Magic should ever have any influence over. Yeah, the the ruling on it's a little fuzzy, because um, you can't, like... I, it, it's really kind of vague and stuff like that, but yeah, I would agree with you on the thing... On, on the point that you should report things, but the outcome is not, you know, in your hands. Yes. And it's, like I said, it's it's a very minor thing, like, mm -hmm. but I, I don't like people who try to influence judges because it's putting unnecessary pressure on that judge. And, like, judges' jobs are already super hard. Like, mm -hmm. you face, the, like, you are the judge at the event, but you are facing the judgment of every person at that event if you screw up. And then everybody on the internet, yeah, too. Like, <laughs> Depending on how bad you screw up. Like, it's just a bad time. And have, like, when you, when you call a judge, it is your duty to give them all the necessary information mm -hmm. and let them make their decision. Don't... All the necessary factual information, yes. and let them make their decisions. Yeah. Like, imagine, like you know, they're called judges because it's just like you know, a court of law. Give them the whole truth, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's it. Yep. Yep. You know, obviously it's not as serious, but I mean, it's obviously not as simple as that too. Yeah. I mean, but well, not that law is simple. Yeah. But what are you talking about <laughs> laws are simpler than magic, simple. right? <laughs> but. But yeah, we just you know kind of want to get that out of the way. Um, and I guess the, the thing I'm I'm just I'm probably going to say this throughout our discussions here and stuff. But um, if you are ever in a game of Magic, regardless of the rule level, and there is a problem, call a judge. <laughs> just just call a freaking judge. Like that you know they're there to the help to fix problems and to be the you know, impartial arbitrator for, for our games of magic. So just, yeah, if you ever have trouble, they're there to help. They're awesome. Just call a judge. Yeah. Don't be afraid. If somebody calls a judge on you, it does not necessarily mean that they think you are cheating. No, it is just like, like the correct way to fix a problem. Like, yes. So if somebody calls a judge on you, do not be offended. If, you call a judge, like, and you should call a judge whenever you can, and your opponent should not be offended, but I cannot guarantee that they will or will not yeah. be. But Like, 
So you should still default to calling a judge. Yeah, like as an example, I once knocked like the top ten cards off of my library, and I called the mm-hmm. judge to get them off the floor so I wouldn't look at them and see what they might be. So then yep. I wouldn't have to deal with like you know reshuffling my library and all that BS. Like, yeah. If like if I bend down and start grabbing cards as opponent, there's a chance like you know my opponent might see something and all that kind of weird stuff. It's like I just called yep. the judge to pick them up and fix my library for me. It's just yep, and just have them resolve problems. You know they and and even if you end up in the same end result, just have the judge yeah solve the problem like to some degree. I know it sounds really nitpicky and everything like that, but man, it's what they're there for, and they're good at it. They really are. And a lot of that stuff can be very important. Like as we're gonna get to, mm-hmm. like you know, as we start talking, there are certain things that they need to keep track of if they happen regularly. Yeah. So. You know what, since since the, we're talking about stuff they need to keep track of, why don't we just dive right into it? Um, so we're going to dive into these these types of penalties. So the first ones are uh, warnings, and there's two types, unofficial and official. So, John, what what can you tell me about these? All right. Um, almost, I'm willing to bet that every single person who has ever played Magic ever outside of their kitchen table has gotten an unofficial warning. Um, Probably, yeah. Almost everything at casual REO is a casual warning. Or sorry, an mm-hmm. unofficial warning. Um, what an unofficial warning is, uh, basically amounts to is the judge will, you know, they'll like assess what went wrong, they'll fix what they can, and then they'll ask you to not do it again. Like, mm-hmm. that is an unofficial warning. The more proper one at any sort of, like you will basically never get you never should get an unofficial warning at competitive REL um, uh, at casual REL no you should never get an unofficial one at competitive oh, sorry I misunderstood you yes yeah. you're correct I, I'd, maybe I said it in the reverse but you should, you should never get a official warning at casual you should never get an unfi- unofficial warning at competitive um, the, di- there we go. the difference between those two is an official warning is the judge will, you know, they'll do the same thing. They'll tell you not to do it again, but then they will actually take your match slip and they will write something on the back of it usually that amounts to they acknowledge that they had to, like, you did something wrong. They had to fix it. <laughs> and the reason why they do that is because that way there is a written record that they can keep track of if the warning that happened is something that they have had to give warnings for multiple times throughout this particular event. And this is what that um, uh, article was kind of talking about was the uh, calling for these warnings is that somebody basically, you know, angle shooting kind of, and something like that, doing something that, you know, is against the rules, but the opponent can catch. And then they're like, Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And they keep doing it over and over and over again. And that's, you know, kind of the, the, the thing that they're trying to catch with that to some degree. Um, if you're playing in a, com- a competitive tournament and you get a warning again, don't be offended. No. Like stuff happens. We're going to get warnings. It doesn't, you know, getting a warning doesn't mean you're a bad person or a cheater or anything like that. It's just, it's just the judge intervened is all it's saying yeah. basically. Like- and they're just keeping track of it. It's just bookkeeping. You know, at, you know, as long as you're not racking up warnings, you're you're going to be fine. Yeah, like warnings don't exist to punish people. Warnings mm-hmm. exist to keep track of people who need to be punished. 
as weird as that sounds, there is a difference. Like there's a very big there's difference. a very huge difference. Like I've gotten warnings at uh, competitive events before. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty sure I've gotten one at every competitive event I've ever went to. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's not super unreasonable. No, and like it's like it was just random, stupid little like missed triggers and stuff like that. And like the thing is, yep. like they I deserved those warnings, and like one warning literally means nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it has no impact on you whatsoever. It's not gonna. They're not gonna take ten percent out of your prizes. It's not gonna be like you know a blemish on your record that anyone can see at any time. Like a single warning literally means nothing except for you. A judge had to take five minutes of their time. Like, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with one warning. The only time warnings become bad is when you start to accrue multiple warnings, because if they're of the same type, then mm-hmm. things start getting really weird, and the thing about any sort of penalties in regards to um, game errors and stuff like that is they do add up. You don't like mm-hmm. it's possible to have like a slow play warning, a um, looking at extra cards warning, and a missed trigger warning, and those can add up to more severe penalties. Yeah, it's. I mean, usually they're looking for patterns of some type, but yeah, you know if. You know, if if you get if you get a slow play warning and a miss trigger warning, and I mean they might they might kind of be like okay whatever, but if you start if you get like three miss trigger warnings, they're gonna start looking at you. Yeah, like they're gonna ask what what you're doing and why you're doing it, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when things start getting really awkward. Like you you shouldn't feel bad if you you know need to attract the attention of a judge to fix something. You should feel bad if you're attracting the attention of a judge to fix something repeatedly yeah the same thing repeatedly Mm -hmm. like and that's just you know that's something that gets better through playing magic learning how to you know remember remember your triggers and remember your 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 different things trying to find trying to find ways to um deal you know deal with all the the vast amount of information that happens in a game of magic uh, I mean, as we said, this is all this is all competitive level stuff here. Most of the time, you, you know, a, if this isn't a casual event, a judge is going to come up, fix the problem, and say, you know, don't do this again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that that is so, the difference, as it were, between the two. So, yeah. So, um, uh, you said, uh, what what things give warnings? Uh, commonly like what kind of things will we see uh, it's it's like the things that i mentioned previously it's like you know like slow play can get you a warning um i wish this was issued more often than it was but that's a... yes yeah, so we, we have discussed this <laughs> um the hill fortified with the bodies of our fallen enemies yes uh looking at extra cards as i mentioned is another warning this is something like um looking at the like say like you go to draw a card and you lift your top card of your library and the card underneath it, and you see what it is. That is mm-hmm. technically against the rules because it gives it's giving you unfair information. Um, yep. Missed triggers, which is the like either missed triggers or missed missed announced triggers. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that the article we were ta- we're ta- we referenced was talking about. Um, people like um, like missing dark confidant or yep. missing. Um, something that makes you like take damage when you 
uh, play a creature or something like that. Like those are missing your bitter blossom yeah, trigger. Missing or something your bitter, like, that. like you can get a warning for missing a beneficial trigger. Yeah. Like the big key part for this is dark confidant, which makes you lose life, is considered a beneficial trigger. Yeah. It's also a detrimental trigger. <laughs> it is both. <laughs> but that's just the thing. Like you cannot willingly miss a trigger, especially yeah. if the trigger is detrimental to you. Um, mm -hmm. And otherwise, things like illegal game actions, like trying to cast a cryptic command off Swamp Swamp Island Island, like yeah, I'll raise I'll raise my hand here. I've done that yeah, one. Yeah, like you know e that illegal game actions are warnings. Like a lot of this stuff is relatively easy to fix. Like slow play, they ask you to play faster, looking extra cards. They re-randomize the deck, missed your trigger. Um, that's slightly more complicated depending on what it depending on when it happens yeah. and like and then like illegal game actions you know they can usually just rewind to fix the issue um mm -hmm. they'll like they will always attempt to make it be as accurate as it should that doesn't mean they can yeah. um something that's actually very very big in regards to um warnings was a change that they made actually about two and a half years ago now which <laughs> was a massive, massive change, um, which is drawing extra cards. It used to be drawing extra cards at any point for any reason ever was an immediate game loss. And that's been punishing. Like, And, and drawing cards has a strange definition. Was this, was this rule examined because of a... Um, uh, uh, Pat Chapin and PT... I'm pretty sure... Uh, <laughs> I think it was it was that one where he he activated it was one of the abilities where like a, that the and a Johnny Planeswalker had yeah where you'd like look at the top top four pick a creature reveal it and then put it into your hand yep. and then put the rest on the bottom and he looked at the I think it's look at the top five he looked at the top five, the top five picked his creature put it face down in his like on top of his hand never showed it to it, his opponents. He put it face down and it touched his hand, touched the cards that were his hand. Yes, like basically, you could even clearly tell, like what card wasn't supposed to be there. And technically, his opponent yep. knew every card in his hand, anyways. Yeah, and it. But as they said, it's irrelevant. Yeah, it like, literally <laughs> cost shape in the match. It it literally did, and it was just one of those things. It was a silly mistake, but the rules are the rules, and yeah. I mean, they looked at the rules then and amended them. But yeah, like, um, the way they fixed this. Um, is it is no longer a game loss for drawing extra cards. What they do now is you reveal your entire hand to your opponent. They choose mm -hmm. a number of cards equal to the number of cards that you have drawn extra, and those cards get shuffled back in your library. Fun fact, yeah. I've done this. I've accidentally drawn an extra card. Did that exact scenario... And my opponent took the one card in my hand that I had in my hand from the get-go, made me shuffle it back in, and I lost the game because of it. Yep. It was like, <laughs> it was the lethal burn spell or some shit to finish him off, and it literally cost me the game because I drew an extra card. Yeah. And it's just like, that is so brutal. But it's better than a straight-up game yes, loss. Yes, it's better than a straight-up game loss. So like, but yeah, I mean it. So don't draw extra cards is the point, yeah, right? Don't be an idiot. I mean, don't be an idiot. <laughs> what did I even? I don't remember exactly what it was that I did. I think I like. I activated the ability of some card that I had that allowed me to draw cards, 
and I like forgot that I had like I've I like did my whole thing and then I forgot I did it and I did it again. Like I think I activated like a Jace Planeswalker or some shit or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, You already do that, I'm like, Oh god. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Good times. But so so from describing all those, you can tell the warnings most of those things are things that just kind of happen on accident. Yes. Like they're just mistakes people make. And you know what? That's just, that's just how it goes. You're going to get warnings more than likely, but you know, you just got to try to play the tightest game of magic you can. And you know, warning warnings are just that they're, they're a warning. You know, it's a, it's a, Hey, try not to do this again. Yeah. please. <laughs> Don't be scared of warnings. Warnings are not bad. Warnings are there to make yeah. you a better magic player. Mm-hmm. it's just there to call yeah to call attention to you know mistakes that's all and just say hey keep an eye out for this obviously don't play recklessly and try to get warnings but you know just you know that's what, that's what these are here for is to help you you know identi- identify things that identify mistakes you're making mm-hmm. yeah like it so right. warnings are a good thing <laughs> yep okay cool so what do we got next up for mornings so up for mornings is when they start getting into these are honest to god penalties <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I i specifically had to look for a word to use that wasn't punishment because i didn't want to sound super <laughs> negative like i would like i'm like trying to like <laughs> think of a word that works the same as punishment for like when i was figuring out like my notes for all this stuff and it's super hard not to just say punishments but the, yeah. these are penalties that are accrued for doing bad things. And the next step mm-hmm. up from a warning is a game loss. And, like, I don't think I have ever seen a game loss at a casual, like, FNM event. I, it's literally impossible as far as I'm aware. Like, I don't think it's... I, yeah, I don't think it... I think it is basically literally impossible to get a game loss. Like, you... Like I think you could try to get a game loss and still not get a game loss and end up somewhere else. Like, yeah, <laughs> which we'll talk about later. So, this is mostly a, um, yeah, a, a, a tournament thing. But yeah, uh, why don't you uh, let us know what this is? Um, so game losses are actually pretty uncommon, even for competitive REL. Um, <laughs> like, probably less than one percent of any everyone who goes to any individual competitive tournament will actually get a game loss. And that's because the stuff that's required to get a game loss is so, like, it's very specific. Like, mm-hmm. Watsi wants you to play Magic correctly. They don't want to be absolutely ball-busting about it, right? Like, they want you to actually be able to play a game of Magic, but sometimes you need a slightly more harsher penalty. And that's where game losses yeah, come that- to play. And this is likely why they changed that drawing extra cards rule. Yes, like, the drawing extra cards rule was just something that, like, it's such a quotations minor thing, but mm-hmm. it is unbelievably punishing. And like, yeah. like especially with the fact that like the whole thing with Chapin is he was on a coverage match. This happened live in front of like twenty thousand people, and mm-hmm. that's just bad for business. Yeah, like they want to keep that kind of stuff under wraps, as it were. Um. Mm-hmm. And the thing about a game loss is when you get it, it's not up to you. 
It's not up to the judge. It's not up to your opponent. It literally happens for the game you are currently in or the next game you play. <laughs> Which means if you lost game one and you get a game loss, you lost the match because of it. If you won game one, your opponent won game two, and you get a game loss for game three, you lost the match because of it. If you're somehow in between matches and you get a you have a penalty that is equal to a game loss, you will ha you will start your next match with a game loss. You will have to win two in a row to actually win the next match. It is extremely <laughs> uncommon for something like that to happen, but it can happen. Which actually leads to a really interesting um just minor, minor fascinating fact about that. If you <laughs> if you technically have a game loss going into a match against your opponent and you played no matches against them, you are allowed to sideboard before playing against them. If you happen to, really, if you, if you happen to know what they're playing, you are allowed to sideboard. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely random. Like, <laughs> but you know. I mean, it makes sense when you say it. Yeah. It's just super interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, you're going to a game, too. Why wouldn't you be allowed to sideboard? Yeah, okay. Huh. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, sorry, I just find that hilarious. That is actually incredibly interesting. Um, <laughs> so, what kind of things can get you a game loss? So, this stuff, as I said, is a lot more... These are things that are blatantly affecting the I don't want to say like integrity of the game but it kind of is like you can get a game loss if you have an illegal deck for some reason like if you happen to have five of a card in your deck you get a game loss if you if you happen to be playing with a 59 card deck because like say a card of yours got exiled and you forgot to shuffle it back into your library you get a game loss I actually had an opponent do that specifically against me in the Invitational, and he got a game loss in Game 3 for it. Oof. And I felt kind of bad, but it's because of where he put his cards when they were exiled. Instead of putting them in like on his mat in a clearly visible area, he literally set them over to the side, like on the other side of his deck box. I mean, them's the rules. Yeah. Brutal, but um, something that's very similar to this is um, a deck registration error. Like so, like if you if you thought Mind Sculptor, but you wrote Beller. In. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you write the wrong Jace down on your deck list, but you're playing the Jace you want to be playing, you will get a deck list deck registration error. Um, this this applies to both main deck and sideboard. So keep that in mind. Be very, very specific when you write your deck lists. Just writing, if, yes. just writing Jace on your deck list is not good enough. Just writing Borborygmos on your deck list is not good yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's slightly different, but yeah. <laughs> Um, it doesn't matter if there's multiple Jaces even legal in the format, just writing Jace is not good enough. You know, like, you mm -hmm. don't have to go completely ham and write down, like, Swamp number 341 or something stupid like that, but, like, make sure yeah. you have the full name of the cards written down, not just what you call the cards. 
Yeah. Um, another one that is a lot of people don't realize this: having extra cards in your deck box can give you a game mm-hmm. loss. Yeah. This this is one that people don't realize actually, and is I think is a good public service announcement for people who go into any competitive tournament. Yeah, like so. For, for an example of what that is, like say you you have your deck box, you have your sideboard, you have your main deck, you have your tokens, and you randomly did some trades earlier with someone, and you're just randomly keeping a couple extra hostage takers in your deck for some reason. It doesn't matter if they're sleeved. It doesn't matter if they're actually part of your deck at all. It doesn't even matter if you're even physically capable of casting them. Mm-hmm. Those cannot be in your deck. Deck box. Yep. Because it's technically possible for you to slip those in your deck at some point. That is a game loss. Um, this actually has a um, little uh, amendment to it. This rule does not apply for promotional cards given for that event. Yeah. So because they're not going to bust your balls is basically the rule. Yeah, like I that's like it basically came down to like a trap for a while where like if you happen to get like, you know, a promo grizzle brand and put it in your deck box, you can get a game loss for it. They no longer have that that rule applied. So yeah. you can no longer get a you can only like you can only have the promos for that actual event in there, but it's just safer just to bring a second deck box or slip it in yeah. a random spot in your binder. Like Yeah, just just stick it somewhere not in your deck box. You like your deck box should be for the cards you are playing in that game. Yeah. Have have your deck, your your tokens, your actual tokens, not that that are not magic cards. And, you know, your sideboard, and that's it. Don't have anything else. Yeah, like, you should only have 75 real magic cards in, in your actual official deck box. Yes. Um, another thing that can, that can lead to a game loss is something referred to as marked cards. Um, technically, this is marked sleeves, not marked cards, but either due to natural wear and tear on your sleeves or something like that, it's possible for certain... <clears throat> Um, it's possible for sleeves to become quotations marked in such a way that it's capable of differentiating what a card, like, you know, what kind of cards you're drawing. This is very common if you have a set of sleeves you use a lot, because Mm -hmm. your main deck will become a lot more beat up than your sideboard, and people can technically start predicting when you're going to draw a sideboard, and this allows people to cheat with, like, shuffling and stuff like that. So... Um, it's a very just to like try and avoid this it's a very common adage where change your sleeves after every single tournament like every single day Mm -hmm. of a big tournament so like say if you're playing at like a grand prix and like you you've made it through day one and you're going into day two just change the sleeves on your deck it takes all of like 20 minutes and make sure like your things are marked and like before you re-sleeve the deck shuffle the sleeves themselves together and then shuffle the cards from your deck together to make sure that there's no sort of like you know clumping or anything weird like that because even if sleeves are brand new it is very common for the cutting on them to not be 100% um identical 
So by sh pre-shuffling the sleeves together, you're ensuring that the sleeves are randomized, which means that they're n you're not like, you know, if you like start sleeving, you know, with a brand new set of sleeves and then you separate your deck, suddenly your lands aren't in sleeves that are like microscopically shorter than the rest. Yeah. It's super I, I would make the recommendation also use solid color sleeves. Yes. If you're playing at a tournament like this, don't use don't use your sweet, you know, cute picture sleeves that have like a kitty cat on them or something. Um, it just sleeves with pictures like and stuff like that. It's just easier for there to be defects. Yes. And for people to notice things like that, just use a solid color sleeve, shuffle them all up and, and don't and sleeve them up that way. Don't use light colored sleeves also. Um, mm -hmm. it's, yes. it's not a highly common thing, but Whenever there's like a double-sided card, like the Innistrad Werewolves and stuff like that, if you have like there are sleeves that you can completely see through them with a card that is sleeved inside them, and that does allow people to see what you're drawing, and you can see what you're drawing, and that is still considered a marked card. Like if you yeah yeah I have a um, uh, a set of sleeves that are like a set of red sleeves that are a little cheaper that um I can see the white mana symbol on the back of the card through it. Yeah, like, and that's not an uncommon thing for, like, lighter mm -hmm. sleeves. Like, And if you really, really, really need to play with your yellow sleeves, because yellow is your favorite color, then at least make sure you're using checklist cards in that case. Yes. Like, I'm, I am like dark-colored sleeves. It's just the sleeves I use. Like, my most common sleeve color is purple. I don't really have to worry about this. And I like playing with the actual flip cards in there. Um in their actual sleeves, just because it's how I am, so I don't have to worry about that, but it's something to take in mind. Actually, that reminds me of um, another deck list registration error, which, this is technically cheating, but people might not realize it. So I, I <laughs> this completely just thought of this. Um, okay. <laughs> checklist cards and their flip cards. Ah, uh, yes. I have seen someone playing in FNM who only owned two of a flipped walker, but was playing with four of the checklist card to represent that walker. Yes, that is illegal. Yes. You need to have the actual flipped walker itself in the numbers that you are have playing in your deck in your deck box. Otherwise, yes. your deck yes. is illegal. Like... <laughs> There's there's another card you can have in your deck box. Your flip cards for to for the checklist cards that you have in your deck. <laughs> yeah, those those are something that need to be in your deck if you ever get deck checked. Because otherwise mm -hmm. your deck is illegal and even if you do happen to own said planeswalkers, if they're not in your deck box when you get deck checked, you are replacing them with basic lands. Yep. And and getting a game loss. <laughs> and that. Actually, I think you're allowed to replace cards with the correct cards it's if you own them and yada 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 there's this whole big fiasco about that basically don't screw up they'll, they'll tell you but you'll probably get a game loss you'll anyways. probably get a game loss either way because reasons but yeah. yeah um and otherwise the only other like there another caveat is there are a lot of other there's a lot of ways to get warnings there's a lot of ways to get game losses we're just going off over the most common ones and mm -hmm. you know yeah and and as we said, if you get enough warnings, you can get a game loss yeah. for doing stuff improperly. Yeah, that, that's the the last little thing I was gonna say. Like that is 
a very common way to get game losses is multiple warnings accruing into game losses. And those do carry over, like, to future matches. I, I'm pretty sure at the end of every day, your record effectively gets wiped, as it were. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, if you have, like, two game losses, or if you have two warnings and you go into game two of a, or mat, ga- day two of a Grand Prix, you're not going, like, you know, you're not one more strike, you're out. You have those full three strikes to keep going, as it were, but mm-hmm. just something to keep keep in mind that they do add up. And that does mean that if you're in day two of a Grand Prix and you have two warnings in a Swiss and you're in top eight and you screw up, you can get a game loss. And that's a bad place to get yeah. a game loss. Um, one other caveat to this whole category, um, it is actually possible to get a match loss. The criteria hmm. for these are a little more um, specific. I don't really know them specifically because I've never encountered them, but they do exist. I'm guessing it's pretty uncommon. Yeah, like an actual straight up match loss is like it's usually like a metaphorical match loss. Like you know, you're given a game two loss after you already lost game one, but it is possible mm-hmm. for them to straight up you lose this next match. Period. So yeah. that is something that can happen. Yeah. So. Um, as we as we were saying earlier, we were saying it's pretty hard to get a game loss in like an F and M setting, in a casual rules enforcement level setting. Like, and you may you may wonder with all the stuff we list off, listed off, well, why that is. Um, and basically, you know, there's no deck list, so you're not going to get deck list errors. Um, illegal deck issues are actually just a warning and fixed at casual. Mm-hmm. Um, the extra cards in the deck box thing really isn't a big deal. Um, you're not getting official warnings, so you really have to work at getting warnings to add up to a game loss. Mark cards are just going to be, you know, anything like that's going to be just just resolved uh, in in the easiest way possible, just fixed at that time. Um, so you're really not going to get a game loss in FNM, but basically at the casual level, you're either going to get a you know an unofficial warning or the next thing we're t- going to talk about, which is... <laughs> uh, the next one is the nuclear option. Uh, this is reserved for those individuals who you literally don't want in the building anymore. And this is referred to as ejection or disqualification. And there is a difference between those these two. Um, you almost will never hear of someone getting ejected from a tournament you almost always hear them being disqualified from a tournament. Uh, the reason why that is is because ejection actually has a different meaning to it in regards to magic rules. Ejection means you are no longer playing in the tournament, but your record still stands, and you are still mm-hmm. eligible for prizes. Yep. Disqual- Whereas disqualification is get the hell out of the building. Yeah. Disqualification <laughs> means you're done, you're out, you're deleted from the system, get out before we call the cops. Yeah. Not necessarily that severe. But some cases it could be. Yes. <laughs> um, ejections and disqualifications are literally the most severe punishment you can accrue while playing in a tournament of Magic. And they are only mm-hmm. issuable by the head judge of events. Um, in, this, in regards to casual REL, the head judge is the owner of the building. Yeah. If they want you gone, you're gone. Yeah. Um, any time you are ejected or disqualified from any tournament for any reason, it is actually 
like mandated that you will have an investigation by the DCI themselves to look into the incident. That mm-hmm. is how severe a disqualification or ejection is. Like, yeah, I mean, think about how many games, how many events happen, and how many players of Magic there are, and every single one of these instances in, is investigated by the DCI. Like, that's that's serious business. They don't have time to be invest talking to every single Magic player, but these are so important that they do they check everyone. Yeah, and like, um, it is extremely unlikely that the average Magic player will ever get a disqualification, but. So, yeah, you you really have to be trying yeah. almost to do this. You have to be incredibly negligent or be trying to do this. Like, if you get one of these, you probably deserved it. You probably deserved it, or you just made a horrible, horrible mistake because you didn't understand something. Usually mm-hmm. because you're put in a position where you didn't, you just don't know what the hell you're doing, and you shouldn't be doing it from the get-go. Um yeah, and those are still few. <laughs> yeah, like, the thing with LSV kind of amounted to that. Like, his opponent yeah. made a very large mistake and got disqualified in the 15th round of the Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. Which, but, yeah. Like... Yeah. Yeah, it is... Like, so, for for example, for uh, things that can get you disqualified or ejected from the building, um, severe unsportsmanlike conduct... Like, unsportsmanlike conduct is one of those things that can give you a match loss. And we're mm-hmm. talking, like, you know, like, throwing your cards around and, like, swearing and stuff like that. Like, severe, like, some of that, some of that can be severe, but, like, you know, like, absolutely severe unsportsmanlike conduct is, like, literally flipping the table. Yeah, pretty much. Or, like, throw, like, you know, throwing your cards or basically, like, just being a really big dick yeah like you're you're taking rule number one and you're bending it over your knee like and just pummeling it you know like that is severe on sportsmanlike conduct aggressive actions um like this does include um sexual harassment and other forms of harassment but like threatening to hit your opponent or like throwing something actually at your opponent, like those yeah. can get you disqualified. Actual violent actions, like literally hitting another human being, immediate disqualification magic. Yeah, e- immediate like, disqualification. You're probably not even allowed in the building ever again. You're probably not actually allowed to play a sanctioned magic ever again. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> literally. Very few lifetime bans have happened to people who, who that was not the result of actual violent actions. Yeah, like this will just get you like straight up DCI banned and you're done. Yeah. Um, and for good for good reasons. Yes. <laughs> like I have anger issues. I have never once even thought of hurting someone at a game of magic. Like Yeah. <laughs> and that's saying Ugh. something. Like mm-hmm. and then like you know like um arguing with arguing with judges can actually get you disqualified. Mm-hmm. Like I know we like we like to say, you know, like judges are your friend, they're there to help you. Their rule is still law. Like, yep. literally... And sometimes that law sucks. <laughs> yeah, like, sometimes it's gonna really blow. You're not going to enjoy it. But it's still the rules, and, like, massively arguing with a judge and, like, just not letting it go can get you disqualified for the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, pleading, pleading your case is totally fine. 
you know, if if you are if you are respectful and know when to, you know, and stop at a reasonable time and don't, you know, push the issue and es- escalate it, you're never going to see this problem. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, the two mo- like the two that are actually the most common, you will. It's really, really, really depressing. I'm not lying. It is the most common to hear of these two oh, things happening yeah. at the Pro Tour. You almost always hear of at least one. And mm-hmm. that's collusion, which is trying... This is the one you are most likely to get caught up in. Yes. You, by accident. You are most likely to do this on accidents. You are most likely to... Like, someone might try and do this with you. Like, collusion is when you're you are offered or you offer someone something in return for something else. Usually this is a match win. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, prizes and other such BS like that. Like... Collusion will get you just immediate disqualification, and otherwise, um, certainty of cheating. Yes. You technically, suspicion of cheating is not grounds for game loss. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, it's not grounds for disqualification. It is grounds for yep. game losses. If the judge is absolutely certain you are cheating, that is grounds for disqualification. Yeah. Like that. I understand that, like, that might seem weird to some people, like, the difference between suspicion and certainty, but it does matter in regards to the rules, and, like, like, because, like, if you, to literally get the DCI after someone, you have to be pretty certain that what they're doing is pretty goddamn bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't want to just, like, think, well, I think this guy might be cheating, and get him, you know, a DCI investigation, you have to be pretty certain about it, because, like, any of these sort of things, the DCI isn't just in investigating the person who actually is being charged with these. They're investigating the judge. They're investigating mm-hmm. the event, you know, runner. Like, they're investigating everything involving this, because they they don't hand out lifetime bans or just, you know, temporary bans lightly. They are a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, uh, John, I want to talk about the collusion thing a little bit just to help people avoid accidentally falling into this trap. Sure. But I'm just going to summarize the rest really quick is that basically everything else, you have to be a giant asshole to get to have this happen. Yes. Like, basically, every single one of these falls under our, our rule number one don't be a dick. Yes. Like, here's the. If you're a person who is going to a magic event and you are violent with people, you are, you know, harassing people, you are, you're just being a, just an unsavory human being. I don't want you there. Yes. And you should none of us, none there. of us want you there. Yeah. Get out. Like, we just don't want you there, you know? And, but like, those ones are easy to figure out. Don't be, don't be a dick. You're fine. But the collusion one is something that people can get caught up into because it's so rules lawyery to some degree. The sheer so, insanity yeah. that is collusion is insane. I've literally seen someone at FNM ask a judge who was playing in the event how far he can go because he was, he was trying to figure out a way to ask his opponent that if he conceded to his opponent, if his opponent would give him his prize packs. And mm-hmm. he literally was trying to figure out a way to ask that. And like, yes, I, and it's all the wording. Like, 
like that's the sheer stupidity of it all is it's how you word it like it is clear blatant collusion to everyone watching but if they don't say the right words it's not collusion and that's but how do you enforce it otherwise i know like, so I, I mean I, we we can argue this to death all the time but you know we we know what the rule is now and that's what we want to protect people from yeah like i i literally piped in across the room like guys just play the goddamn game of magic <laughs> like it's like I I collusion almost universe like at especially at the F and M level it literally is just coming down to greed. Mm-hmm. Like people are greedy, they want to get their maximum number of packs and yada yada yada. Conclu- collusion at the higher levels that comes down to stuff like um like they want pro points. You know, like if mm-hmm. their if their opponent who's a friend of theirs concedes to them, they have a chance at top eight stuff like that. And it's so. It's like this thick, horrifying swamp that you're trying to crawl through to figure out what's actually allowed and is not allowed. Like, like what it amounts to is you can never bring up getting something for what you're doing. But you can ask to split. Yes. Like, <laughs> you can ask your opponent to concede to you. you yes. Can- you may you may do that. You can ask your opponent if they want to split with you. You te- technically cannot ask those two questions in the same sentence. You, <laughs> there we go. You can ask your opponent to concede to you. You can then mm-hmm. ask your opponent if they would like to give you some of their winnings. You cannot ask those two questions in the same sentence. Yes. Like, it is just this horrifying like i hate everything involving like the angle shooting and like the clever wordplay and everything involving collusion like i despise it but it's Uh it's going to be a part of magic because wins matter and it's Mm -hmm. so fucking god like, I don't even have words for it. And like, you, and you may run into this and everything. So I'm willing to bet you will run into this. You will likely run into this. So if your opponent ever says to you, hey, if you concede to me, I will give you a pack. What you need to do is you raise your hand and you call a judge and you tell them what your opponent said to you. Yes. That is what you do. That's bribery. If your opponent... Yes, that is bribery. If your opponent if your opponent says would you like to split? You may say yes or no. <laughs> that's literally all they can say too. Like Yes. Like if they're if they're like, hey, would you like to split if I give you the win? That's collusion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it's <laughs> It's it's very my my advice of the whole thing here is avoid it. Yep. <laughs> Just we know you guys we know people want to succeed at magic. We know people want to win packs and get value and everything like that. It's cool. Like we we understand that, but this is just such a dangerous topic, and you can get caught up in it. Yeah, it is. My 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 advice is is you may ask your opponent to concede to you. I would I would avoid even asking your opponent to split with you ever. Like here if if you want to win win packs, the best way to do it is to win games of magic. Yeah. Like for 
for an example of this, I have never been to a single PTQ or PPTQ or any variety that did not result in people, like, you hear the question every single goddamn time in the top eight. So do you actually care about the invite? And, like, it's that's literally the stepping stone for people trying to, like, figure out how they're going to weasel their way mm-hmm. into asking these questions without getting a disqualification for it. And every single time these questions are asked, there's a judge sitting right next to them waiting for any of the people to screw up. And just some, you know, sometimes in those situations, this is just better to say, I would like to play our games of magic. Yep. And don't even, don't even address the topic. Just, just avoid it. It's like the other time you will see, you will see it in the top eight. The other time you'll see it is when you hit time in rounds. Yep. And you, and you go to turns. Cause people are trying and, to maximize. And, and, and people will, you know, and, and mathematically, it is true, a draw isn't good for anyone. And people will try to get concessions all the time. And, I mean, I've had opponents concede to me. I, I'm pretty sure I've conceded to opponents in that situation. But you're not obligated to do that. No. And your opponent cannot pressure you to do that. And if, you're, and if your opponent gets upset, it, it gets upset and treats you in certain ways... They may end up in one of these categories here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, if an opponent threatens you at all ever, you call a judge and you you get them out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> but so, just remember that, is that you cannot offer anything. You cannot be offered anything for any anything against you know against that. You cannot determine the outcome of a game in using anything other than winning the game of magic is the rule also you cannot roll dice to determine the outcome of a game so yeah. if you hit turn five in time you, you cannot roll two six-sided dice and say high roll wins you know you cannot decide the outcome of a game of magic without resolving that game of magic yes that, that actually does matter because there have there are instances where um, I actually I read this story about it where a guy was playing in a um, some event where he if he won if he won the match and his friend won his match his friend was live for top eight if he drew the match with his with his opponent his his, his his him and his opponent both make top eight his friend does not make top eight if he loses his game his opponent makes top eight he also makes top eight. Like, he's a lock. His friend is not. His friend needs him to win. Mm-hmm. And they sit down, and they're near each other. And the one guy, like, his, the guy's opponent looks across at him. He's like, would you like to concede to me? And the guy sits there and thinks for a bit. And then his friend, his friend says his name. He looks over at his friend. And his friend's just looking at him. That's all his friend's doing. His friend says nothing. His friend does nothing. And so he just, mm-hmm. like, waves at his friend. And then he, like, goes back. And, like, they, the guy's like, well, let's just play it. Let's just play and I'll think about it. And they start playing. And, like, you know, he, like, he has his opponent on the ropes and shit like that. And, like, he's about to win. And his opponent's like, would you like to concede to me? And the guy hears his friend say his name again. He looks over. And once again, his friend is literally just staring at him, stone-faced, no emotion whatsoever. And he, like, waves at his friend again because he doesn't know what the hell his friend's doing. And he looks at his opponent. He's like, Sure. I'll concede, or let's, or let's draw. 
So they both make top eight, and then he finds out later on that if his if he had actually won, his friend would have made top eight, and he felt terrible for it. But here's the <laughs> thing: that doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not even going to lie. I have been in situations before where I have literally played out a game of Magic to knock someone out of top eight to make it so you had a chance of making your top eight. Like I knew going in, I know you like, have. I knew going in, I was going to play. It didn't matter mm-hmm. if you win, lose, or draw. I'm going to play against this person because I'm going to try and give you a spot. But I am not mm-hmm. going to. I'm not going to like you know base your draw or you win, lose, or draw on what happens in my match. You know, mm-hmm. I have a very specific goal in mind. I understand what I need to do. Nothing else matters outside of that. I'm just playing a game of magic at that point. Everything else is completely yeah. up to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm but. I am under no obligation to ensure that my opponent makes top eight. I am under uh, no obligation, technically, to make sure you make top eight. I'm just giving both m- me my best chance and you your best chance. Yeah. And you, yeah, you are not obligated to give anybody wins or anything like that. And this is a salty topic that comes up with people when it's like, you know, you, you hit turn five in time and you're, you know, your opponent's like, well, I can make top eight. You can't. You should concede to me. And you're like, no. <laughs> and then they get pissed. Uh-huh. And my response to that always is, if you, well, first off, you went to time. So one, play faster. Yep. And, and two, win more games of Magic. Yeah. If you need to win that game of Magic to make top eight, then you should have won that goddamn game of Magic. And and that's me saying this. And I'm not a great Magic player, and I'm not somebody who is, you know, locking top eights all the time. I'm, you know, not super great. <laughs> um, and you know what? The, the way I can make sure that I, I, I get the placement I want is by winning games of Magic. Yep. It sounds simple and dumb, but it's true. Well, John, we did. That's magic. Yeah. <laughs> we we um. Uh, I apologize for doubting you. I didn't. I didn't think we would be able to fill the whole time. Yeah, it's a it's a complicated subject, you know, and it, yeah. we go a bit ham on things like this. So. Oh, we do. We go. We go crazy. <laughs> but um, do you have anything else before we wrap it up here? No, I think I'm good. Cool. All right. So if you want to shoot, uh, send us some feedback, you can shoot us an email at thelocalmeta at gmail.com. If you want to catch us on Twitter, we are at thelocalmetapc. Um, yeah, that's all I have. John, you have anything else you want to say before we sign off? Don't be a dick. Wise words. <laughs> Live by that rule, and we will catch you next time. See you.